Hello, my name is Paul and welcome to the 31st episode of the Raw Life Podcast, the podcast where I talk to strangers about their life experiences. The podcast that now on YouTube, so please go there if you want to leave a comment or a like or subscribe. It'd be really helpful and, you know, get these people's stories out there. Today I've got a guest who I've interviewed before, but when we tried, the the audio quality just fucked up really bad. So, oh, <laughs> so introduce yourself to us. Uh, hi, my name is Andy, also known as DJ Maiko. Uh, at the moment, my main source of income is a small business that I run with uh, with two friends, and we sell drum and bass themed merchandise. Nice. And basically, my my job is to go out into the streets of London with my portable sound system and blart out drum and bass in unexpected <laughs> places to drum up business. <laughs> I love that. How has that been? Obviously, like with the COVID. Uh, well, I've been kind of grounded at the moment. Not. So much because of COVID, but mainly because of the weather. Because uh, obviously you can't be raining on a laptop. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, am a, I don't think there's waterproof laptops. No, I'm not 100%. They're not fans. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, how old are you? Uh, I was born in 1988, so I'm going to be 33 this year. Ooh, how are you finding the 30s? To be honest, in many ways, it's a lot better than your tinies. Oh, okay, uh, okay. What's better? What do you reckon? Uh, just mainly that you know what the fuck is going on. Like, and, <laughs> you know, you're just sort of more confident and sure of yourself. Um, <laughs> like, everything just suddenly kind of becomes easier, you know, like dating and all that. Uh, you know, like, when I was in my 20s, I, honest to God, like, when I think back, there were so many people that are throwing themselves at me, and I'm just like, I can't watch this movie with your genitals in my face. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, no, no, no but I'm now you're, you're more mature. <laughs> <laughs> and where are you from a uh, bit of a long story so uh my family are all from scotland and liverpool i was born in hastings i lived in california from age three to age eight and then somerset up until about seven years ago and then i moved to london that's fucking crazy oh. that is still. yeah i know i get about you <laughs> <laughs> What, what was the change? Because I've always heard like really positive things about California. So what well, made you like move from like California to like, like Somerset and you know well, London? Basically, basically, what happened? My parents split up when I was three. My yeah. grandfather's job—he uh, was working for a company called Solar Optics at the time that did like lens grinding. So he basically got a job and said to my mum, do you want to come along to, you know, to sunny California from Hastings? And she was like, yeah, I'm back that night. Uh, but basically, she, she had to go along on a student visa, so I ended up studying, like, medieval history and, and, like, mythology. So I ended up with, like, Norse, Greek, ancient Roman mythology as bedtime stories. My God. Yeah, yeah I basically, like, kind of mooched an education as a toddler. <laughs> I like hate stuff, like... <laughs> Pinched an edu education. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like, I remember that, you know, she would be telling me, because I'm a real night owl. I always have been. So she would be telling yeah. me a story. It would kind of stop making sense. I'd look over. She'd be there asleep. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. So, you know, stick <laughs> on every channel like, at night. I remember I used to stay up watching this show called Forensic Detectives. And I was fascinated with it, but they were like investigating these really fucking grisly murders. You know, oh, like, I, I'm far more squeamish as an adult. I saw more semen swabs than a six-year-old should have seen swabs, I'll tell you. <laughs> but at least you know. <laughs> but don't worry, I turned out wicked. 
I, I love that. That should be your quote from now on, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start off obviously asking you the questions. Uh, some of them obviously they're generated by the wheel, so we'll just see what we get. But the first two I ask everyone that comes on the show. So the question I've got to you is, what's the best thing that's ever happened to you in life? Well, again, this is the one I struggled with last time, if I remember. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a difficult thing to quantify, you know? Mm. Um, uh, that's, <laughs> you know when you try and like, reach for a specific thing and it just, like, flies away from you? Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. But, I mean, at least I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's the thing. Like, life is constantly kind of bittersweet, you know? Uh, I, I, I like to think that really it... The, what you get depends on how you react to things. Like, for instance, say if you're walking down a mountain pass and a boulder came down and nearly crushed you, you could go, fucking hell, that was unlucky, I nearly died. Or, Jesus Christ, that was lucky, <laughs> I could have been killed. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, so. oh, I read something about that. Like, not boulder crushing somebody, that, that's probably happened. <laughs> yeah, probably. But, um, <laughs> there was this guy, and he was on a good mythical morning, I talked about him, he, he thought he was the most unluckiest man in the world. And he started thinking about it like he uh, he was the only one to survive in a plane crash. Um, he uh, he was on a train and then like the bridge collapsed and he was thinking, huh, he survived. Oh, literally, when he fell out the plane, he landed in a haystack. Oh, <laughs> really? <I'm not> <laughs> joking, like Assassin's Creed stuff. Oh, come on, survived. man. I would have been dining out on that story like, for my, <laughs> most of my life. <laughs> and he was like, huh, maybe I'm the luckiest man in the world instead. And he bought a lottery ticket and he fucking won, you know. <laughs> oh, God, really? I swear to God. Like, literally, I'll send you the link for it. It's it's insane, his story. It's <laughs> it's crazy. Although, the, the like, gambling is a vice that I don't really understand, though. What, like, gambling in general? Yeah, well, I mean, because say what you like about drinking drugs, but at least you hand over your money and the guy goes, here's your drink and or drugs. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, why are you chasing a potential rush when you have like a pretty much 100% chance of, you know, getting that rail up your nose and it's pretty <laughs> <laughs> I think, I, like, I think it's because like, because some, like, I haven't gambled in fucking years, but I'd normally like take like a tenner to the roulette and bet like 50p's and stuff like that just to have a little bit of fun. And when I win like like thirty quid, I'm like, oh shit, I won thirty quid, and it's that like little buzz. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, yeah, I think probably I would probably just hand it over a tenner. Lost it. I was like, oh, that was crap. <laughs> it's yeah, I know, but oh, it's just it's nice sometimes. But, I mean, at, at least though, like drinking eventually has a kind of off switch. Like yeah. you, you couldn't spend your mortgage even if you wanted to, just because eventually you wouldn't be able to get it into your face. Yeah, but yeah. obviously, like. Yeah. Uh, if people get obviously addicted to gambling, then they lose all the money. It's fucking well, crazy. Well, the thing, I think it's very irresponsible. Like that whole "if the fun stops, stop" thing. Like that's such fucking bullshit. Like, <laughs> if the fun like, stops, oh, stop. Like, <laughs> yeah, if you're sucking off strangers in a in a gas station, maybe you should stop doing heroin. <laughs> like, have you maybe considered not being hopelessly addicted? Like, oh, cheers. <laughs> I love how we got on this. Is what's the best thing that's ever happened to you? <laughs> yeah, but to be honest, I don't really have a good answer, so I pivoted. <laughs> to be honest, I'm good. I should probably go into politics. People are obviously crying out for a you know a guy with crazy hair. Do <laughs> it. But I got the advantage of not being a complete fucking idiot. (laughs) What about the worst (laughs) thing that's ever happened to you? Uh, The worst? Oh man, well, um, I know I've told you this story before, but for your listeners, uh, throwing my back out on a high dose of acid is about as fun as you'd expect it to be. Which, by which I mean, it is exquisitely unpleasant. 
So basically, a bit of background. I have an old injury. I was lifting two like 15 liter tubs of paint under a set of stairs and basically caught myself on the corner of a stairs from underneath. And um, yeah, this, this was years later. I was tripping on acid. My back goes, gets in, it traps a nerve, sends a shooting pain down my arm. And the thing is, because it's in the center of my back, which coincidentally is very near to the center of your chest, reinforced with shooting pains down my arm. Like, I honest to God thought I was dying. I ended up in the emergency room, like, you know, tearfully on the phone to my mother. And actually, the doctor proper cunted me off when he found out I wasn't, like, immediately dying. Um, what did the doctor say? It was like, get out, you're not good enough for this one. Yeah, pretty much. I was just like, oh, yeah, fuck it. I was like, where did you get your medical degree, mate? Out of a Christmas fucking cracker or something. Fucking break. like that, motherfucker. But anyway. But carry on, carry on. Uh, then, uh, you know, was, wasn't a cakewalk, but, you know, I took positive steps to, you know, do some back exercises and whatnot. Uh, laid off of it for a while. Uh, I think about a year later, I wanted to do it again. So everything was going fine. Uh, I wanted to carry on blarting out music. Everyone else wanted to go to bed. So I went down to, there's like a basin near me, which is like this kind of like artificial pond that overflows from the Thames. So it has this little island out in the middle of it. So I took a wallpaper pasting table, DJ controller, laptop and my backpack and one of those little JBL speakers. <laughs> so <laughs> this is before I had the big sound system. So I'm down there, I'm blotting out music until like two or three in the morning, having a wicked time on this island in a lake, tripping balls. Uh, on my way back, I can feel my back starting to go. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Because I'm carrying all the most expensive shit I own through East London at like three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so I'm walking home like, fuck, 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 like that. I finally get into the little communal garden in front of my house and just lock up. I managed to get my phone out of my pocket. I call up my flatmate. I'm like, Tanya, you're going to come get me. I can't move. And she's just like, what? what? <laughs> just, just calm down, calm down. So she comes down, uh, helps me get up to bed. And I'm just like, well, shit. While I'm rolling around moaning, I might as well call up the non-emergency NHS number. You know, see if I can get like a physio or a chiropractor or something. And they're like, oh, no, sir, because the pain's in your upper thorax, we're going to send an ambulance around. I'm like, oh, fuck, really? <laughs> like, oh, no, what, do what doctor already told me to fuck up? But I was just like, look, it's like, I know damn well this is my back, so if you have someone else with similar symptoms, for fuck's sake, do them first, right? <laughs> uh, but, you know, fair play to the, you know, good old NHS, they turned out lickety-split, but I was just like, Tanya, you're going to have to let these guys in. <laughs> so, very quick, man, very fucking good guys, so, man. So, they so, to get the job done. Yeah, so they come in, and I'm lying there, stiff as a board, and they're like, sir, <laughs> can you move? And I'm just like, look at me go, boys, look at me go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, also, apparently, one of the one of the drivers is quite a looker, and everyone was like proper swooning over them. But uh, I only really got a you know could see up their nose. <laughs> He's like, oh, what, a, what a beautiful nose you have! Yeah. <laughs> well, there's inside of the nose as well. So. I mean, it, maybe it can be beautiful. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, it, you know, horses for courses, but, but yeah. that's fucked but, up. Like, man, like. But, <laughs> That, that's such a mad story. But, uh, but anyway, so then the guy finds out that I'm tripping and he's just like, are you sure that this is real? And you're not, not just like imagining it. So, and I'm just like, no, no, no. So like, take it from me. Like, this is <laughs> for real. I'm just feeling it in glorious fucking technicolor right now. <laughs> uh, so, so they give me this muscle relaxant, this like gas in this big like green NHS crack pipe thing. <laughs> so 
I'm huffing this stuff down. <laughs> yeah. And basically, the pain when it went like shooting up and down the side, right hand side of my body, settled on my right hip. And the guy goes, Ah, oh, so where does it hurt? Where does it hurt? <laughs> I'm just like, In my right pocket. And <laughs> <Like that. laughs> um, we both just fucking fall about that. <laughs> when I get pains in my right pocket. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. Man, like, that yeah, I, tri- I tripped out that I was, uh, I was with American doctors. Oh my fucking God. <laughs> oh, what's the strangest thing you've ever seen? Let me see. I've seen, I've, again, man with long hair, I'm a magnet for weird shit. Uh, I, I want I saw a man in Bristol tell a lamppost to fuck off. <laughs> Tell me. So he, so basically, he was just like walking along in his own little cloud of like anger and just <laughs> like that and chuntering and gristling to himself. And then he bumped into a lamppost with a shoulder and he turns around and points at it and goes, Yeah, and you can fuck off and all. And then just carries on. I mean, I don't know if it's bad or not, but they just love it when things like that happen sometimes. Oh, I know. (laughs) When people just lose and they're telling inanimate objects just to fuck themselves. It's so fucking good. Like I say, I just like keeping an eye out for oddball. Because the thing is, in London, no one pays attention to anything. Like, people are just so oblivious to what's going on. And if you open your eyes, there's like weird shit going on all the time. Yeah, like, I, I can't wait to see some more weird shit oh, when this is Actually, over. actually, I just remembered a really fucking weird one that I saw. Tell me. Uh, okay, so this was, like, at the beginning of lockdown. So it was, like, the height of it. Uh, there's a guy who hangs out outside of my little local Sainsbury's. And he always asks for three quid. Specifically three quid. Okay. Um, yeah, so basically, I went to the shops with my housemates. Uh, I finished a bit earlier than them, so I came outside so someone else could carry on. Uh, while I'm out there, this guy picks up a tissue off the floor, tears a piece off of it, shoves it up his nostril, and then just goes and like stands staring at this guy's door, just like mad dog in it. And everyone's wearing masks, but I look at the guy at the front of the queue to get into the shop, and just just entirely with eyebrows, we were just, I just like, did I just fucking see that? And he was just like, yeah, you did, man. Well, I've got, I've got to ask, was this to do with acid? <laughs> no, 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 I, I'm not sure what this fella's on. <laughs> but yeah, he, um, so basically he just stands there staring at this doorway uh, until he breathes hard enough that this thing just kind of flies out and then he just goes back to his spot by the bike racks like nothing happened. <laughs> it's just like, no, this is completely normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, there's another weird thing going on around here. Um all over, all over East London, like I've seen it in Farringdon, Shadwell, heard about it in Aldgate. There's graffiti all by the same person talking shit about George Michael for some reason. <laughs> what? Really? Yeah, I know. He's, what, like... <laughs> <laughs> Is George Michael even relevant now? Yeah, well, like, I don't know. <laughs> to this guy, apparently. But... I, I don't think I know anyone who has a really strong hate for George Michael. <laughs> but again, like, yeah, it, it just... <laughs> Just like, up yours, Napoleon. (laughs) (laughs) What is your favourite thing about yourself? I think I just that I'm quite glad of the fact that I'm reasonably quick on the uptake and just Uh, able to learn new things reasonably quickly. Oh, shit. Have you learned anything new recently since our last Uh, conversation? I've actually, I've been picking up some Japanese vocabulary. Oh, shit, really? Uh, Yeah, well, basically, like, my idea is I, before I spend any money, I want to kind of get a base coat. 
So I'm just binging like tons and tons and tons of anime. Yeah. Uh, I figure that I could watch one series, but my worry with that is I will end up sounding like one particular character. <laughs> so, so my plan is if I watch like the full spectrum, you know, 50% Dragon Ball, 50% Sailor Moon, I'll come straight down the middle and sound like a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love the yeah. reason. Turns out Sailor Moon's pretty good. You know she's the fucking moon princess. Gonna knock me over with a feather. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> like, it's funny though, because like, you know, this new girl shows up, Sailor Venus, and they're like, oh, do you think she could be the moon princess? I'm like, no. Nah, <laughs> not a fucking chance. <laughs> girl whose name means moon rabbit in Japanese. <laughs> How are you finding it, learning it? Um I'm I kind of keep forgetting I can't speak it, and I look away from the subtitles, and I'm like, "Oh no, shit, not yet!" <laughs> like, not yet, not yet. Um, I've got a lot better. Like, a surprising amount of it is actually just English. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just like you know, put into into Japanese phonics. But yeah, if you pay attention. Oh shit! All the words are borrowed. Damn, that's pretty cool that you're learning a new language though as well. Yeah, yeah. And well, I've always been fairly good at it. Like. Uh, I mean, I used to be basically fluent in French when I was a teenager, but I'm a little bit rusty now. <laughs> Although it's funny, because last time I spoke to a French person, I basically gave him that whole spiel, like, oh, yeah, I used to be a lot more fluent, but, you know, I'm kind of rusty now. <laughs> and he was like, fucking hell, you're basically Gerard Depardieu. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> oh, shut <laughs> But uh, I wanted to do, like, a non-Indo-European language. Because uh, I... Well, I, I was lucky enough to do Latin at school, and if you know some elementary Latin, just basically that you can see like the scaffolding of most European thought. Oh shit! Now, like we in school, we was only allowed to learn French, but I was fucking terrible at it. <laughs> Absolutely awful, mate. The French is all in the shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> it gives it a bit more, a, a bit more oomph. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What do you take for granted? Oh, uh, <laughs> man. Um, well, I was going to say death and taxes, but <laughs> I'm an anarchist who hopes to achieve digital immortality. So, <laughs> so yeah, there's that. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Next question. Uh, yeah, Michael, on, okay. have, have you ever heard that Woody Allen quote when someone asked him, do you hope to achieve immortality through your works? And he was just like, well, yeah, but, you know, I'd rather do it through, you know, not dying. <laughs> no, I, I never <laughs> even heard that before. <laughs> the, the next question, I, I've, I definitely think this is yes. Have you ever done drugs or alcohol? <laughs> um, yes, but I, I was kind of lucky because a lot of people go through a kind of honeymoon period where they try something for the first time and they're like, oh my god, this is amazing, I need to do this all the time, and then they ruin it for themselves. Oh, and that's when they become addicted. Or not addicted, it's just like they overdo it, and you know, it's just like, you know if you if you get sick off of a particular liquor, and then oh, you're like... Oh yeah, yeah. Like, I can't drink cider anymore, fucking hell. <laughs> oh shit, really? Cider's yeah, amazing now? Oh no, it's rough on your joints though, because it's really acidic. Oh um, shit. Yeah, I ended up so wankered at this this little music festival at my village. Yeah. Uh, there was a band on called the Upbeat Beatles. <laughs> In fact, have you heard that drum and bass remix of Come Together that was really big? Uh, uh, I don't think so. Now, if you've got a link, uh, you can send it me over. Oh, well, anyway, they got that guy to do the vocals. 
uh, from that. But anyway, so basically, I ended up renting about a half barrel of this fucking rough cider. And I say renting because you know we'll get to that later. <laughs> but, but yeah, seriously, it was the thing is with rough cider is like it gets stronger the further down the barrel you go. So it starts out kind of lager strength, and then it's like a port by the end. Fucking hell! Yeah, I know. Yeah. So basically, I we get we'll get home like staggering over these fields. Uh, we flip on the TV. Pulp Fiction is on. And it's the bit at the end when Samuel L. Jackson's yelling at everyone. <laughs> and I'm just lying there on myself like, oh man, I don't feel too hot. And Samuel L. Jackson's pretty mad at me for some reason. I think I'm going to be sick. So I go into my bathroom and my buddy Aaron isn't there throwing up in my fucking toilet. So I had to go out onto the gravel driveway. <laughs> and I was supposed to have a driving lesson like two days after and I just couldn't. <laughs> You know, you're still fucked after two days. Yeah, man. I, well, I'm not a big drinker, to be honest. Um, it, it's a lot of money to feel dizzy and sick. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Like, I can't remember the last time I was even drunk, you know. It's well, bad. especially now, like, after the age of... If you try drinking more than three beers after the age of 28 past 9pm and you'll fucking know about it. I, I think I can. Like, I'm 28 now and I don't drink cider now. Like, I used to really, really love it. But, and I could use the neck like maybe seven or eight points, but now it's just, I just, I'd rather have squash. <laughs> I know that's so old of me. <laughs> and really, like alcohol, it's the thing is with alcohol, it's just like the sheer amount of it that you have to haul into yourself. Yeah, you have to, you have to drink. I think, well, depends obviously if you're lightweight or not, you have to drink a lot to feel anything. Well, and that, like, even if you're drinking hard liquor, it's not on the order of like micrograms. <laughs> but yes, I have a pint of acid. <laughs> it's like perfect. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick little break there and go to our music section. The next song is by The Motion and it's called CCR Fortunate Son.
but, but I was going to say Ooh, one last bit yes. of advice. Basically, I would say if you're considering trying psychedelics, uh, be aware that they're like fire. You they're can like heat and illuminate. You, well, you can heat and illuminate your home, and you can also get some cool effects going on with the smoke and the you know the shadows. But you can also very easily burn your house down if you go waving it around like a dickhead. Fucking so, hell! For what it is, you know. There's, there's always, I've, I've always heard there's so many psychedelics out there though as well. Oh yeah, there's like crazy amounts um, that you don't really hear about. Like there's one called that I, that I haven't tried, but it's called DIPT, which only DIPT. Affects, it only affects your auditory sensations. What? That's yeah, yeah, it only affects sound. Uh, but the the article I read about it in the guy said the reason he stopped doing it was because he ended up riding on the tube and he said it sounded like uh, a thousand howler monkeys on fire through a stethoscope. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I, I, again, with psychedelic generally, you don't always get the experience that you want, but you get the experience that you need. And, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, it, it, it might make your demons manifest, but if you're strong enough, you can have a good old wrestle with them, basically. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh, that sounds fucking terrifying. Holy <laughs> shit. Like, I know, oh. it can cut both ways. I mean, like, a good time, it's like the whole universe is put on its Sunday best just for you. <laughs> but the opposite way, the, the devil could be fucking you, basically. <laughs> <laughs> or you could throw your back out, exactly. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> that's, that's probably a little bit worse. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I like it's only really the body pain that does me in. Like, I, I actually don't mind a bit of the fear when I'm tripping. Really? Yeah, does yeah, me yeah. not, like, scare you? No, no, like one, one thing I really like to do is if you stare into a mirror in a dark, like if you have the light off and then the door just open a crack. And because I've got long hair and a beard, it looks like as you stare into your face, this kind of black fungus just grows over the whole thing <laughs> until you oh, just can't see your face at all. That, no, that, mate, that's fucking terrifying. I'm fucking that. Because it's pretty intense, but I do enjoy it. Holy shit, nah. Well, even when you said like you're staring in a mirror, I'm like, nope, not a chance. Yeah, no, that's, that normally fucks people up. Yeah. Do you hold any grudges against anyone? Uh, I mean, I try not to, because, you know, obviously you don't want someone living rent-free in your head. <laughs> yeah, um, actually, that's actually a really good way to put it. I never thought of it like that, rent-free in your head. But, again, like, sometimes I'll think back, like, a lot of that motherfucker was mildly rude to me a decade ago. <laughs> so, you know, is, do as I there, say, you know what I do. Is there any major ones that just you just think, what a fucking twat? Uh, I mean, not really. Not, not, yeah. Nothing I get overexcited about, you know? <laughs> Have you ever had to steal? Um, Not had to. The only thing I ever stole was actually a book. You stole the book. Was it? Was the book worth it? It was actually pretty good. Yeah, uh, it was when I was a student, and like the main thing that we all learned as students was how little we could eat before we died. <laughs> like one of one of the lads I was house sharing with, he actually went to the library and got a book on what fucking plants were edible. And I was walking through the park with him, and he just jumps up, goes, "What? Crabs a leaf." <laughs> But anyway, so I'm just like, uh, fuck, I'm, I'm, like, I'm going to die. So I was just like, well, fuck it. I might as well have something to read while I'm starving to death. Fuck so you, I got down to the local Waterstones. <laughs> uh, it was a pretty good book, actually. It was, um, it was written as a commentary on the Vietnam War. Basically, the idea is there's a war going on, but because it's so far away and because of relativistic effects, 
every time the soldiers come back, society's moved on like a couple of hundred years. Oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Yeah, called The Forever War by Joe Holderman. Oh, shit. Okay, okay. I, I am curious about this, uh, the book where all the plants you can eat, though, because I'm wondering what the hell would have happened if they got them pictures wrong. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> imagine one fuck like. up. Well, I'm sure they're not going to point any plant anything too incredibly poisonous <laughs> in the park. <laughs> you know, it's Bath, not Borneo. <laughs> <laughs> What's your biggest fear? I don't know. I broke my ankle when I was a kid, and I've got a kind of a thing about that. Oh shit! You broke your ankle as a kid as well. Yeah, what really happened? Stupid, uh, playing tag, but then really? they, put, they basically put they put some cold peas on it, and then I, my mum ran this after school club that I had to like go along to. So I had to hop down this fucking massive hill. Uh, the village I grew up in, called it's called Kilmersdon, is apparently oh no, the village I went to school in rather, Kilmersdon was apparently where you know Jack and Jill went up the hill. Yep, yep. So, that fucking hill. Basically no way. Down. Yeah, it wasn't until that evening that I finally got to hospital. <laughs> oh shit, well at least you broke it somewhere iconic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty decent. Oh, and also Andy fell down there as well. Fuck's <laughs> 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 sake. That doesn't track, so we left him out of the poem. <laughs> For fuck's sake. What what are you most proud of? I'm pretty proud of how this business of ours is going. Uh, just I'm quite enjoying being a hype man. Oh really? Is, it, is it really <laughs> exciting? Yeah yeah yeah. Uh, well that's the thing. Like I enjoy talking to people. Uh, like I'm trying to get onto more podcasts just because it seems like a thing that I'm apparently good at. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> basically, like I've just decided that I'm just sick of working for other people, and then it's just a complete waste of time. You prefer obviously like to be around boss. Basically, yeah. Um, and also just because, like, you'll never ever... The whole system is rigged against you if you work for other people. Well, you know that, like, the uh, the average wage of uh, a middle-class working person hasn't gone up since um, since about the 1980s. Really? Yeah, yeah, look into it, man. Uh, it hasn't kept up with inflation at all. Like, seriously, like, uh, <laughs> you, you've kind of had your birthright stolen from you. Well, that's a bit shit, ain't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that's the thing. Like, you know, have you ever heard the one about, uh, you know, there's uh, ten, 10 cookies, uh, you know, a banker's got nine, uh, builder's got another one, and then the banker's like, look out, that refugee's coming for your cookie. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, I've yeah. heard that. I've heard that. <laughs> it just drives me crazy, because, like, you know who's famously powerful and has a lot of clout? Disenfranchised minorities. <laughs> Fucking you know, hell. yeah. Oh damn, that sucks, though. But I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that you've started your own business, though. It sounds like you're really enjoying it, especially like being a hype man as well. Yeah, yeah. It sounds really fucking cool. It is, like I say, just, just DJing in the streets in London. I mean, come on, like, <laughs> how could that not be fun? <laughs> oh, I'd, I'd really want you to tell that. If that's okay, you told a really cool story before, and it was with the, the policeman. Oh right, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, I love that um, story. So I've taken this thing along to a couple of protests. So I went to this Extinction Rebellion thing. Uh, I ended up on Downing Street at like 11 o'clock at night. Surrounded with like this sea of police and all these protesters are there. So all the cops are like standing off waiting. I'm playing away. Uh, while I'm playing, this guy starts trying to set up this gazebo thing, this like pop out tent. 
and the cops come along and they're trying to get it off of him. He's hanging onto the bottom of it, like for dear life, swinging around. <laughs> I look down to smash another mix, and while I'm looking down, there's uh, there's a disco light going in my face. So somehow, while I'm mixing, this guy manages to set up this gazebo like directly above my head. And the first I know of it is this policeman taps me on the shoulder, and he goes, "Is that your gazebo, though, sir?" And I look up. I turned back around to him. I said, I'll be honest with you, so hell, it's like I'm every bit as surprised by this as you. <laughs> I just imagine yours and the copper's face just be like, yeah, that, that's definitely true. He has no idea and he's got a fucking guy here. That is, it is kind of nice. I do seem to some have some kind of superpowers with the police just being polite, you know, disarmingly polite. You just got that charm with them. Yeah, seriously, like I, I can... I mean, especially in London, because unless you're doing something pretty outrageous, they don't really care. Yeah, like I think I think that's a, a thing with a lot of people, though. Like not even police, but you just and like jobs in general. Like, you get some really good people, you get some assholes. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's a bit of life, eh? It. I mean, it's funny. Yeah. In Somerset, police will pull you over just because they're lonely. Really? <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, that's what it felt like. Anyway. <laughs> Holy fucking shit! That's mad. <laughs> Damn. Oh, that's sad though as well. <laughs> I know. Fuck. <laughs> Fucking hell. Does, there's no crime at Somerset then whatsoever. I mean, there's a little bit, but like, <laughs> well, not like a... that incredibly much. It's funny, <laughs> actually, there was um, there was a news story. I checked the news. There was a story about a like a double murder in Hackney and then another one somewhere else in London. And then in the recommended stories, there was one about uh, a swan that had taken over the platform in Batspar train station. <laughs> so I sent both the screenshots to my mum and I was like, yeah, so, you know, watch your ass. <laughs> Whenever I ever think of a swan, I always think of hot fuzz. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's funny because, like, to my mum, you basically, you know how, like, people inside London know London intimately and then to everyone outside of London, there's a big black blob called London. Yep, yep. Uh, so, like, you know, a guy got, like, stabbed in Westminster. My mum called me at 7am. She's like, oh, I heard a guy got stabbed in London. I thought I better just wasn't you. And I was like, no, like eight miles <laughs> I think it's because they just think London is... It sounds weird, but London is, like, London. Just everybody's, like, connected. <laughs> every every place is, like, one single piece. Yeah, it was kind of weird moving from the countryside. I kind of expected the city to run out, and it just didn't. <laughs> I just I'm glad it hasn't. <laughs> Oh, what's the scariest situation you've been in? Uh, wow, that's a hard one. <laughs> I've, well, I've been in like car crashes before, uh, which out. is no fun. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, uh, the house that we lived in in America, they ended up changing this, but it had like this really dodgy spiral staircase with this, like, honest to God, like the rail was like the size of your little finger. Holy and, shit. Yeah, I, I as like maybe five, was like hanging onto this thing. Uh, for quite a while, I'm not sure how long exactly, until luckily I was found. Damn, I, yeah. I, I hate spiral staircases. They're just they're mm. fucking terrible. Well, no, they're, they're, they're pretty cool, but like, you know... They're cool, but it's just... I feel don't, dizzy. Don't, don't use like a licorice whip <laughs> as the fucking handrail. <laughs> and also, like, the handrail was well above where my head was anyway. <laughs> <laughs> What's the um? What's the biggest misconception people think about you? Again, because I'm a man with long hair, people look at me and assume that I will be into their hippy dippy bullshit. Oh and shit! Really? In, in reality, I've got a crew cut on the inside. You know? Um, <laughs> did I did I tell you the story about when I had a man try and recruit me into a cult at my old job? 
Uh, I think you do, but I definitely want to hear that again. <laughs> okay, so, so I was working in like a hardware DIY type shop at the time. And this man comes in and he's dressed up kind of like Hari Krishna. Uh, this sort of old, this maybe a white guy in his like maybe 40s, 50s. So he goes around, does his shopping. On his way out, he hands me this flyer. I look at it and it's got this African guy wearing a caftan on it. I flip it over, and on the other side, this guy, he's not claiming to be a messiah or the messiah. He's claiming to be all of the fucking messiahs, like, rolled into one. <laughs> so I'm just like, whoa. <laughs> let's read on, let's read on. <laughs> a ballsy move. So, uh, yeah, basically, this this messiah to end them all, uh, apparently he lived in North London, which I thought was very funny. Uh, yeah, so the, the thing is, though, the guy who gave it to me, he uh, he was buying new numbers for his door. And he straight up told me, he was like, yeah, hey, I need these so the bailiffs won't chuck me out like, so I can top the numbers around on my house. Holy shit. And I was like, oh, and by the way, join my screwball religion. I mean, does that even work? I mean, it's pretty, it seems like it's a pretty smart but silly idea, if that makes sense. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, quite apart from the fact that, yeah, that should only really work in cartoons. Like, but and then and then also like I would have thought the first thing that they would have taught you in cult school is go for people more vulnerable than you. You know, yeah, one hundred percent. I wonder if there is like a, a cult school, but that's well, so weird yeah. that hates all well, the messiahs. Well, if there is, they should get Ofsted in. <laughs> <laughs> they need a serious but, workaround. Yeah, but yeah, just like I just love it though. Just like reveals that he's like ducking and diving you know living hand to mouth and then just like oh and you know here's my messiah <laughs> i love that it's a messiah but it's like also the bailiffs are coming <laughs> be careful actually um i remember that have you ever read a comic book series called the invisibles no what's it about uh, there's one there's one character in that who is like a homeless wizard he sounds cool already yeah yeah it's pretty funny <laughs> I think um like Keel and Peel done like a spin-off of something like that on the the comedy show. They crank me up those guys. I, I I fucking love them so much. I really really do. Ooh. The one that gets me every time is uh, you know where the the, the two guys on the plane. Oh <laughs> yeah, Terry's yeah. getting frogged. <laughs> <laughs> like, <his fucking hair. laughs> and his his head just pops back out into like the corridor sort of thing, the walkway. Right, yeah. fucking cracks me up. I love um the chef one. Whereas, like, this is, like, the worst dish ever. It's, like, but, like, the best or some shit like that. I'm butchering it, like, mad. But it's fucking uh, great. Actually, no, my favourite favourite, though, is... Have you seen the one when it's, like, an information film with Mr. T? No. Uh, oh, mate. Because the thing is, it's based on a real video that Mr. T made called Be Somebody or Be Somebody's Fool. <laughs> no, so, Mr. T. So, basically, T. it's supposed to be a video. It, the video in this thing is called Respect. It's a pretty cool thing to do. And <laughs> these kids, they're, like... You know, they're, they're like, hey, do you want to do some drugs? Nothing happens. Oh, we could drink a bunch of alcohol. <laughs> like, you know, he's like, he's like, well, your name's stupid. It's like, hey, never make fun of another person's name. <laughs> your mama oh. gave you that name. Or you made it up for business purposes. <laughs> Mr. T like, sort of really It boils down to like, he's sick of people making fun of his silly name, silly clothes and silly hair. Oh, no. Oh, that's the thing now. Like, Mr. T was, he, he was like an icon, but then he I, slowly I, like fell off. I used to watch the A team religiously when I was a little kid. My God, I I never I knew it was in the A team, but I didn't know until I watched Rocky. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, he's in Man. there as well. 
I um, you just reminded me. I recently got a friend into a really dark cartoon called Monkey Dust. Monkey Dust. I've never heard of it. What's it about? Uh, basically, it was one of the shows that they launched BBC Three with, but the okay. creator died before they could lock down all the DVD rights, so it only really exists as a torrent. But, oh, really? Um, my my elevator pitch for it has been it's basically like a nightmare that in slow motion that happens to be wicked funny. That uh, sounds but, terrifying. But there, there's this one character, this guy called Clive, and uh, basically he comes home really late to his wife. And, you know, she's like, oh, it's 11 o'clock on Sunday. You said you'd be back on Friday at six, you know, where have you been? And then he'll start spinning out a story. And as you listen, you're like, oh, hang on a minute. This is just Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, you know, she's like, that's the port to Hotel California, Clive. Where have you really been? <laughs> and then it's always something terrible. Like, you know, I've been, uh, one of them was like, I've been spit roasting a hooker with your dad. Fucking hell. That's I'll send mad. You a later, it's really funny. That's fucking crazy. That is holy shit. It's a shame that the dude died. I wonder yeah, how it different drives, it would have been on the air. It drives me nuts because it came out at the same time as Little Britain and everyone raves about Little Britain, which I that is terrible. one thing I've never understood. Like I, I get if people can like what they like, but Little Britain I just can't laugh at it. I just I've tried watching it. I tried multiple times. I just cannot laugh at it. I just think it's it's awful. It might have worked as a one-off special, but I don't think it was strong enough to carry a series. How, how long was the series? I have no oh, idea. It was seemingly on for like a billion years at the time anyway. I'll, I'll ask you this last question. I think we can wrap it up if that's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what is your end goal in life? Um, Really to... Like my my thing is that every single human being you've ever met is a potential genius, and really, I that's the thing that I feel has been holding us back is not, you know, people only make innovation when their basic needs are met. So, even if I did end up as some kind of t-shirt mogul, you know, I would try my best to put back into the world. Yeah, no, I think that's nice. That sounds really Cause sweet the, as well. Because the thing is, you, you you know, you just die at the end and that's it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> to like sum it up, yeah, you, you're pretty much dead. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I, I, um, I think I would describe myself as an optimistic nihilist. So, oh, explain that. So, basically, the universe is a total crapshoot, utterly devoid of meaning. But that's a good thing because that means that you get to define your own meaning in life. I like that. That's pretty fucking nice. <laughs> I, I, I like the idea as well that you think everybody is a genius. It's well, really a cool. potential genius, like every single human being you've ever met. You know, the thing is, our whole system depends on having people at the bottom to exploit. You know, you could do a lot worse than picking people who are noticeably different if you were a total cynical bastard. Yeah, it's it's fucked up. It's really fucked up. Like I never used to like it when and I still I still don't like it now where people call each other stupid. I get it if you're friends and you're having a laugh, it's fine then. But when you actually call someone stupid, it's such a dickhead thing to do. The thing is we should be punching up and not we're all primed to punch sideways or down. No, no, I just wanna I wanna say thank you again. Like uh I really appreciate you, you know, the audience listening, you coming on again. It's it's been really, really like fucking fun having you and in. Like some of your stories always crap me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just want to say thank you for, for coming on again. It's really cool of you. Well, it's, uh, yeah, thank you very much for having me. Okay. And, um, oh, one last thing before I go. Yeah. yeah uh, we've got our website, amenbreaks.co.uk. 
and we have clothes, you know, accessories. We also have a podcast, which my friend runs. I've been on an episode of that as well. Uh, so yeah, if you're in any way tangentially into drum and bass or think that you might want to get into it, then amenbreaks.co.uk is your one-stop shop. <laughs>